Welcome to Space the Floor NBA Podcast. My name is Connor Geelan. And I'm Connor Flannery. This is our sixth official episode. Today we're talking about the preseason. Um, the first thing that comes to mind with what I've noted from watching the games is there's a new Los Angeles Lakers. It seemed kind of, there's a new vibe. It seemed kind of revitalized. Um, first, Brandon Ingram, he's been going off personally. I'm pretty sure a few days ago he had 30 points. 31, yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's bringing it on defense. Yeah. I mean, I think they're going to need him this year alongside LeBron James to really step it up, especially if this team, I don't think this is the year they're really looking to compete. That's why LeBron James signed for four years. But if they're going to compete in a tough West going forward, they're going to need um, Brandon Ingram to really step it up. And I think this could be, he's showing us that this is the year that he's going to break out. I'll say, I, I noted his defense seemed his, outstanding. On that, on that, um, Inbound play. Yeah, he got, like, against the Kings. Yeah, big de- just like the hustle he showed where he got like three deflections in a row and then the steal. Yeah. That's a that's Which, just like that's just a big hustle play did for he also, preseason. Did, did he force them to call timeout? I feel like he did. Like I think so, yeah. Like before the five-second call. He totally clutched it out. That was what won them like, that game. And right, it's preseason, so it doesn't really matter. But that level of determination from a young star is just incredible. Yeah, that's there, what you like there, to there see. There was another play. It was against the Kings as well. And I think it was against Garrett. Garrett Temple, and he just stole it three separate times on him. And Garrett Temple was getting so <laughs> frustrated, and it was just it was a turnover. This um, was on the inbound. No, no, this was a oh. separate play. Right, this was a separate play uh, on like the right wing. All right. Um, it, it just stood out to me. Yeah, he's got he's got. If you just look at his body, he's so lanky and just big out there that it yeah. makes sense that he's a good defensive player. So it's it's nice to see that he's putting it together. Yeah, like. The thing with the preseason is, it doesn't matter that Clay Thompson scored thirty points yesterday. Like, yeah, we it, know that Clay it, can do it, that. It matters if you see Brendan Ingram bringing it on defense. It matters if you mm-hmm. see like a new environment for a team, some new like yeah. young players uh, taking leadership or just going off. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, I think, this is like an indicator. I think yeah. this is actually significant. Yeah, we talked about it going to the episode. Is like preseason is not the best indicator of you know this team won two games in preseason so they're going to win the nba championship right or this guy is dropping 20 in in preseason so he's going to be the mvp that's not really how it works but it's a very good indicator for if a young player shows that he's hustling that he has the pure ability to put the ball in the basket that's something that's noteworthy and does matter and is valuable and, and it's why that why preseason is interesting to watch. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Another thing I noticed with the Lakers is besides just Brandon Ingram, their their bench, like for Getting seven hyped. like on House of Highlights, like uh-huh. every time I saw a play, even before it happened, they were all standing up. Yeah. Like LeBron was holding everyone else back. They were mm-hmm. having like such a blast. I mean, it's just such a three sixty from what we saw yeah. from the Cavs at the beginning of last season. Exactly. So, you know, I think that we saw this a little bit right after all the trades, or you know, right after the trade deadline for the Cavs. But you can just tell that LeBron is happy in LA from the from the preseason. It yeah. doesn't it doesn't matter if LeBron's going out there and dropping Five points, or if he's out there going going out there and dropping fifty, it doesn't really matter what LeBron is doing in preseason. But the fact that he's he looks like he's having fun is what is what matters for him in this new yeah, situation. He, he seems re- revitalized, and mm-hmm. the fact that he's getting kind of on board with the young yeah. guys and their energy, that just that's going to wear off on the rest of the team. Yeah, I, I for think sure. It's a good it's a good environment. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about Kuzma at center as well. 
Yeah, I, I noticed that. They don't really have a backup center. They have they have Zubak. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't. He didn't really get like good minutes last mm-hmm. year, and he's like one of the most consistent, inconsistent players in the NBA. One yeah. of the most inconsistent bigs, and he can't really be played in crunch time because he's not a good defender at all. Um, so I'm not really sure. They they went to that small ball lineup with Kuzma at center. And Nikola Jokic, I'm pretty sure it was, just bullied him. He just tore <laughs> yeah. him apart. Like, that could be an Achilles heel. I think that's something yeah. to really watch out for. Yeah. Well, I mean, when they when they don't have JaVale on the floor, they're in trouble and at that big man spot. Yeah. Do you think they might trade for someone? I don't know that they, that they will this year. Because, I mean, with everybody on one-year contracts, I think that by next season they will have somebody else who they're comfortable with at the backup center. Um. I'm not sure it's so important for this year, just because I don't think that they're putting all their, you know, all their chips in on this year. This isn't too related to the preseason, but I, I watched a video by a, a funky diabetic on YouTube, and he talked about like five and five centers that could solve this problem of the Lakers' backup center. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he gave he gave some significant people that are all, that are on one year deals and probably won't resign, like uh, Dwayne Dedman. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Uh, any, anyways, I'll, I'll get back to that. I mean, that. those are the kind of those are the kind of guys like, you know that that would be interested in coming and playing for LA. Anyway, yeah, like, those, Ed Davis those, was another one. You know, it's like, like slightly above average role players. Yeah, who can who can make an impact coming off the bench, and and want to get you know a free ring coming free- off you know coming off the bench like with LeBron or whatever. Well. I don't know if that's a free ring. If they join the Warriors, that'd be a, th- a free ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just know. I just a, mean a that free, they're, they're a free along playoff. for the ride. Yeah, right? they're, they're not. Along. They're not. They're not going to be a. If I was an NBA player, star. that would be on my bucket list. Just be on a team with LeBron for at least one season. <laughs> I feel <laughs> like right. I feel like it's an experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I don't mean. I think that it's. It's not even a guaranteed ring necessarily, but it's a. It's a. It's kind of a ring chasing move, I would say. Yeah, but I, I feel like if they throw one of those like weird players like Beasley, and like a second round pick to indiana they could definitely get like someone like a kyle kuzma or maybe like uh dwayne deadman wait what if they throw if they if they throw like they could get kyle kuzma no should i say kuzma yeah. sorry i meant kyle quinn oh okay okay um yeah just like a solid backup center that would like you. really glue it all together all right i agree i yeah. i also want to talk about our new york knicks yeah alonzo trier is the reincarnation of michael jordan <laughs> no overreactions here whatsoever no bias, no, <laughs> no. Alonzo Trier for Rookie of the Year, MVP, MVP Sixth Man of the Year, <laughs> Coach of the Year, Executive of the Year. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, it was very impressive what he did the other night, putting up, I think it was 25, 25, 20, yeah, 25. 20 in one quarter, I know, which was sort of the most impressive thing. But sort of when I was saying that, you know, just the pure ability to put the ball in the basket comes across in preseason. That's what you saw from Trier the other night. I, I watched a like a fifteen minute highlight tape and like not just like a dunk or anything, but like full plays where he like participated in an assist or a bucket. And he just he can get to the rim in different ways. He can mm-hmm. put the ball in the basket in different ways. He had a bunch of mid range jump shots, not like too many threes, which is a bit concerning, but he had a bunch of mid ranges and a bunch of like getting to the rim, like getting yeah. fouled, whether it's called or not. And mm-hmm. like getting that N one, getting that physical layup, which is which is impressive. Like, he made a lot of 
really tough in-game shots, right? It wasn't. It didn't. It wasn't like. I feel like sometimes you see in like summer league or preseason, guys kind of getting free buckets where the other team is sort of like walking back down the court or something. Like this guys, didn't really feel like that. Guys not going 100. percent Like he was taking like hard shots, like coming off screens and hitting like fading guy in his grill. Like it didn't look like he was getting free buckets. It looked like he was having to work for it. So I mean, it just it it seemed more like and he could do it in game. I feel like this. You know, oftentimes I feel like maybe the preseason won't necessarily translate. I think I feel like it. It. I mean, this could be me being biased and optimistic, but I think that it could translate for sure. One thing to keep in mind, though, is at least we're not saying. At least I'm not saying this mm. that Alonzo Trier is gonna be an All Star or even no. like an above. I don't think he's really gonna be an above average starter in the league because think about it. He's I don't know how old he is, but he was a ju- he's 22 and he was a junior last year mm-hmm. at Arizona. And he, he's going up against like while he's also going up against not like summer league, not like only rookies. He's going up against people who like are one rookies to like playing to prove themselves, like rotational mm-hmm. players. And uh it should be like he's he's going to be a rookie, but he's also going to be 22 as opposed to yeah. like a, a two years older than Frank Nilakina. <laughs> but I think that if you think about it, I mean, he he is it's sort of a similar similar situation as guys like um, Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma went yeah. in the second round last year. He's a junior, and I think or he was like a junior. I think he was a junior, something like that, junior yeah. or senior. Like he played he three or four years at college. Um, so if he can, you know, obviously that means that he probably won't have as much of a you know, room for growth as guys yeah. who are 18, 19 coming out of college. But it might mean that he's more NBA-ready and can make more of an impact this season. I was also pretty impressed with Kevin Knox. Not, like, only his ability to mm-hmm. score, which he was doing, but his confidence was pretty impressive. That Very impressive. He was, he was willing to take those shots. I remember David mm-hmm. Fisdale, coach of the New York Knicks, he said, like, sometimes he's too selfish, but I'm getting him to go ahead and take those shots. And... I, th- I think that advice worked because he's doing that. Mm-hmm. Whether they go in or not, that's he's here to take those shots. Yeah, he's, no, and we want him taking those shots, especially with Chris Stapps out. The more shots he takes, the better, the way that I'm looking at it. Yeah, I agree. And, I mean, I also think that confidence on, yeah, the confidence on defense, he's getting steals, he's getting big defensive plays, getting a lot of rebounds, and he's showing that he's willing to grab a rebound and what's most impressive is just, just he'll take the ball it. and run in transition julius randall kind of mm-hmm. I, I are you sure i didn't really watch any defensive clips or that side I of mean, the ball that much i didn't he just he's got he looked like long and like he would he would you know get a steal or something like that he he's not gonna like clamp up the other team's best player yeah, but he I'm looked just asking, i don't know yeah yeah he had a few he had a few like pretty solid defensive plays um one thing i wanted to show you talk what we're talking about the Knicks is I saw the the league source on Instagram posted a way too early 2018 NBA redraft so basically what they're what they're saying is oftentimes you'll see you know like the 2013 NBA draft right in the seventh pick in the in real life might be the first pick in the redraft because they ended up being much better so this is just based on the preseason and summer league the league source made a 2018 NBA redraft. That's kind of wild. Like that's kind of pretty inherently stupid. Yeah. Okay. Pre- uh, just 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 to cover what it says, <laughs> it has DeAndre Ayton still number one, but at number two, Kevin Knox. This is this is weird. <laughs> at number seven, 
Mitchell Robinson. At number 16, the undrafted Alonzo Trier. Man, that's the, le- the league source is a big Knicks fan. I mean, <laughs> that's that's a big. I'm mean, just for just for Knicks fans. Like looking at that, I'm, I'm happy. Long. I'm excited. I I, I, I don't, don't think this. I don't think this is accurate. But I mean, if if like we look back at this draft and Kevin Knox ends up being like the second best player. That would that's possible. I don't think it's possible. <laughs> you don't think it's possible? No, I don't. I'm no, sorry. I, I might be biased, but I think it's possible. I'm not sure it's likely. I think this is a little bit of a. I think DeAndre, Luka Doncic. I'm just reading off these names. Mo Bamba potentially. Um, Marvin Bagley. I think these guys are just like. I think they're better. Trey Young has a higher ceiling. Whether he gets there, I don't know. But like, yeah, I, I don't. I don't really see that happening. But, but also, Kevin Knox, 18. I mean. That's true. 18, and That's I think true. I think out of these guys, he's the most of a project player and the most sort of unknown of like what his potential and floor yeah. will be. I just I feel like you know, raw. yeah, he's a he's a very raw prospect, and if he's the kind of guy that will that can put it all together, he could be a beast, just like incredible next you know going forward. But maybe it maybe he doesn't, and he never really turns out to what these flashes from preseason are showing. I also want to touch on one other thing. Like, talking about rookies, I didn't see... I don't think I saw this guy on this list. Oh, yeah, yeah, number nine in this draft. Uh, Miles Bridges. Mm-hmm. Um, he... He was number 10 in real life, number nine on the league sources. No, no recap, that, that right? was Mikhail. He was number 13 in real life. Miles Bridges was number oh, 13. Oh, yeah, Tom was Mikhail. He was 13? Was he 11. Like 11. He was 11, sorry. Because... Right. Um, yeah, he was 11 because the Clippers, sure? Clippers had 12 and 13, and then the Nuggets had 14, and the, and the 76ers had 10. Mm. Okay. Anyways, um, yeah, I just wanted great. to point out something like another thing like preseason could show you is Miles Bridges can play in the NBA. Um, yeah, and people kind of just forgot about him because he was a sophomore and he like didn't enter the draft last year when he could have been a top 10 pick, and. He like he had a good year, but like he was overshadowed in the NBA draft boards by his teammate Jaron Jackson. Mm-hmm. But he had two like pretty impressive putback dunks. So, like, yeah, that just seemed very like NBA caliber, which I didn't mm-hmm. know he had in him. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you ju- we saw a lot of just just the from those two plays especially. Just like he looks like he knows what he's doing on the on an NBA court. He looks like he yeah. knows where to be. He's got. It looks like the IQ is there. I mean, just we're not talking about just those two plays. From the games as a whole, he looked athletic. Like he knew where he was supposed to be. His IQ looked like it was there. He's showing flashes that he can be a very solid NBA starter. That makes sense with the with the IQ and the feel for the game. Because mm-hmm. I mean, he's had a year more of yeah. I'm not gonna say NBA caliber, but like professional caliber play, playing college in two years for a Big yeah. Ten team. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that makes sense. I just wanted to touch on that for a yeah, second. Yeah. Um, he looks he looks he looks more NBA ready than I think a lot of prospects in this draft do. Well, what's another team you want to talk about? Let's go with the Sixers. I, I think you gotta you gotta touch you can't touch on this preseason without talking about Markel. <laughs> of course. I mean, just because he, he didn't play last season, so this is I mean he played a little bit. The but Eight games. Yeah, I, I mean, know. I this is really I I would say the first time we're really seeing him at. Close to what, close to what he was, what his potential was yeah. for like going into like last season had he not mm-hmm. had these injury concerns. Um, the jumper's there. 
the jumper is there. It, there's still it's, a weird hitch. Yeah, it's not when he gets to his peak, he kind of brings it over. I think like a lot of people. I think a lot of people, sort of casual NBA fans, have kind of forgotten that coming into the draft, people talked about Markel's jumper as a strength, not a weakness. He had a very good jumper in college, um, so I think that it's just going to take a little bit of work. But I think that he'll eventually he'll get back to where he was, and he'll be a pretty consistent shooter, even if it's not a knockdown three point shot. If it's like if it's not so bad that you can just stand like it's if it's not so bad as like Ben, ben Simmons was last year, where well, you can just stand at the free throw line in the playoffs. Ben and, Simmons was like historically bad. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's saying a lot. I personally, I, mean, I don't think he'll ever be an above average shooter. I kind of disagree with you there, or even really, yeah, because I would say that after after just one year, you're discounting him like no, that. No, 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 because I think he worked. He shot. I forget what was the number, but mm-hmm. over the summer, their coach Brett Brown gave us a number of how many shots he got up in the summer, and that calculated to I like calculated it, and it was like over a thousand a day, and yeah. like given that, like that's that's a lot of reps each day, and mm-hmm. that's the final result, like a but, weird looking form, like. But he started he started from ground zero. He had to build it all the way back up. It that's got to the that's po- concerning. But it got to the point that's last concerning. it got to the point last year where he couldn't lift his arm above his shoulder. If that, you, you know what I mean? That's by that? also yeah. That's I know, concerning. That's I know, concerning. But that's also still. Yeah. But the fact that he's gone from zero to a solid, like a like a maybe below average, but like clearly can like make a pull up mid range jump shot. I'm talking about is his impressive. Three. I'm talking about his three. His three, okay. His three might never may never be there. I think it will get there. You think it will? There? I think no, that I'm, he'll I'm, eventually. I think he'll eventually be at least an average shooter, probably above average shooter. I would say for for point guards, I'm not sure. Maybe you know, he, maybe yeah. maybe below average shooter for point guards, but for across the league, he's above. I'll be above average. Well, duh, he's gonna be better at shooting than like Andre, Andre Drummond Drew. or whatever. I just I just mean that like the average NBA player can make you, can make a three pointer. I, I understand with what some you're saying. I like I only like don't agree because I don't think he can shoot off the dribble that well because of that weird hitch. I think it just but, I mean, it's a you, slow release. If you watch him in the games, in preseason, most of his mid ranges were off the dribble. He was making a lot of shots. Well, I mean, coming in off general, mid ranges are dribble. off the dribble. But yeah, I, yeah, I, I understand it. It went in and it looked good, and everyone was hyping it up, and I was too. I was so happy. I just mm-hmm. think potentially like his three off the dribble might never be there because yeah. it's just but, not quick enough. But that, do that's you? My final. But do you need him to be able to shoot threes off the dribble with Ben Simmons on the team? That's a good point. Right. is With Ben Simmons on the team, I feel like a lot of your three-point attempts become catch and shoot. And a lot of your mid-range... I think that when he has the ball in his hands, he's going to be shooting pull-up mid-range chase. When he when Ben Simmons has the ball in his hand, because obviously Ben Simmons might still will probably still be the primary ball handler going forward. We can we'll talk see. about that in another we'll episode. See. That, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, they got, yeah, they got too many young players, which is a good problem to have. Um, go, but when ben, Simmons, when ben Simmons has the ball... In his hands, you need guys who can stretch the floor, catch and shoot three. Okay. Right. I, I don't know. And even so, like, you see, let's talk about. Let's move on to JJ Redick. Also, um, JJ Redick went scored twenty eight, ten for ten from the field. That was wild. Seven for seven from three. That was crazy. I didn't go back. If you didn't watch the highlights in this game, go back and just watch them real quick. House of Highlights put up like you know a video that's only like three minutes, but he's just catching the ball in the defender's mouth. <laughs> Fade him backwards, yeah. <laughs> like M one three. Like it is ridiculous. The guy does not miss. Yeah, J- 
JJ Reddick's the boy. I, I like it. Honestly, I don't think that got enough hype because it was preseason. Mm-hmm. Right, so basically what I'm saying, that is a little bit sidetracked, but if you have a guy like J.J. Redick who can come off of a three and come off a screen and hit, like, any kind of three imaginable, you know, body contortions in midair and it still falls. <laughs> a lot of them were fadeaways. That was so yeah. weird to me. I'm, it, then my point is you don't need Markel Fultz to be hitting. That's, that's true. To be hitting, like, the craziest, like, yeah. doesn't even make sense threes. You just need want him to if he's left wide open in the corner, be able to make it. Okay. I, I, I agree with that, and I see your point. All right. Um, any other, like, last notable things for the preseason? I kind of want to talk about Luka Doncic real quick. All right. I like it. I think, personally, I don't want to be a hater here. Like, I think... No, no, go for I, it. I think go he, for it. I think he performed... Give us your opinions. Okay. He performed well in, uh-huh. the, in the preseason and in the summer league. He seemed like a pro. Yeah. However, like, he... First, I have two complaints. <laughs> yeah, yeah. First is that he's looking a little, looking a little chunky. No, right. um, I don't disagree with you. Little, he does. Little, he looks like a little bit, little tubster. But I love Luka Doncic. This is not spiting not him, hate. Yeah. Um, which I think could be an issue potentially, especially mm-hmm. like since he was already projected to be like a poor defender first year, or like not, yeah. like not a not an average one. Also, my second thing would probably be that. Like, the, everyone was going crazy because he had this, like, good dribble move that went, like, he went behind the back, and then he was dribbling with his left hand to the left elbow and stepped, and off of his right foot, he kind of shot this floater yeah, yeah. thing that went off the backboard and went in, and everyone yeah. was going crazy. It was all over the internet. Yeah, that was a weird, that was a weird shot. No, like, b- before, before, like, I know a few days ago, you told me, like, oh, do you see that shot? It's like, a, it was, it, it, was, it was impressive. It was impressive. I, I, I don't, I think, and I disagree. I, I think that, I think that's a poor shot. Oh yeah, yeah. You told me about this. We had this. We already kind of had this debate off of off mic. But I think that while you're kind of right, it it wasn't great shot selection. I was more just impressed that he had to fall like stumbling backwards. That was an. Imp- yeah. I thought it was impressive. That like when I looked at that, I was like, wow. Like that's that was an imp- that was an impressive shot. That was an impressive play. But there's some truth to the fact that why he was taking that, I don't really know. It's kind of like a Kobe shot, but like without <laughs> being Kobe, like. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I just it something didn't sit well with me. Also, if you this conspiracy theory here, like a couple of the plays that you would, a couple of the highlights that you would see from Europe in the Euro League, like mm-hmm. it would be kind of those shots. Like not not exactly that, but mm-hmm. kind of like fading away shots. Like you know, like the not the buzzer beater. The buzzer beater was sick in the in the Euro Championship, the game winner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. Like a couple in that tournament. He kind of had a couple of those fading shots. I don't really love those. All right. But, like, we'll, we'll keep an eye out for that. Yeah. I mean, I think that shot selection could use improvement, but he's also an 18-year-old I'm playing at the highest yeah. level yeah. of basketball in the world. I'm speculating here. Um, I'm nitpicking, really. Yeah. but and, and I do think that he didn't look the most athletic out there on the court. He did look a little bit chunky, like you said. Um, but... The playmaking was clearly there. He showed the ability to to pass well, to dribble well, to run the break pretty well. And he also was shooting well. Like, just, like, the three-point shot translated well. Like, he just, I don't know. I, everything about the way he played looked confident to me. Even if the shot selection, like you were saying, was sort of, maybe you didn't like it. He hit a couple really deep threes that were that, that were impressive, and he looked like... 
sort of like nonchalant, just like yeah. Of co- okay, you're, professional, you're leaving me open. Like all right, which makes sense because he's yeah. been a professional for years. I don't know. I I liked when I saw him when I saw him out on the court. Even if you don't, even if you didn't sort of love the way he was playing, you have to admit that he looked like he was flowing up and down the court pretty seamlessly, and yeah. he looked confident and like his game was pretty well put together overall. I agree. Yeah. All right. That's it. That's it. All right. Thank you for the for listening to this episode of Space the Floor NBA podcast. All right. Uh, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Space the Floor Podcast and at and on Twitter at Space the Floor. If you're listening to this on YouTube, uh, leave a like, subscribe, subscribe. Definitely tell your friends, but definitely leave a like. Yeah. Uh, and thank you. My name is Connor Geelan. and I'm Connor Flannery. And peace. Bye.